At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Hey, Nathan, uh, about a year ago, I was watching a Scotty Kilmer video. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he said that Nissan had about two weeks to live. <laughs> yeah, was that one of the ones where he's, where it says goodbye? Yeah, And then exactly, you're wondering yeah. if he's he's done? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's like nine of those where he titles it goodbye or the end. This is the end, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Nissan. I just got done driving the uh, brand new Aria, their all-electric follow-up uh, to the Nissan Leaf. Now, this is the second Aria you've driven. Uh, yeah, I went to uh, Spain and drove it on a racetrack that made me sick. Yeah, because <laughs> the rain was on the plane on that particular strip. No, what they did was they set up it was this, raining. like, it was a prototype. And so they set up, like, a city course and then, like, a mountain course on the racetrack. So, you know, racetrack is already pretty twisty. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, setting up these different courses on already twisty course and kind of ensured that a lot of people got car sick. And I don't get car sick. And I got car sick. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Uh, there's an irony, though. Every time you drive an Aria, it rains. It does rain, yeah, <laughs> every time. And it was raining really hard. I just got back from uh, San Francisco. And you know what's hilarious? Uh, you know, in California, apparently, weather is a big deal. Yes. <laughs> not that it's not here, but, it's, but there. It's right, now, it's right now, this particular moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, as yeah. I, you know, born and raised in California, I can attest to that. But I think that's because, like, the weather has been, like, so beautiful in L.A., and now all of a sudden it's changing, and people are, like, realizing that there's other things besides 70-degree days. Anyway, so here's the funny thing, right? Mm. Uh, they, 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 you know, there was a big rainstorm coming to uh, San Francisco. I was up in Napa, right? Yeah. And... Uh, they don't call it a big rainstorm, like a big-ass rainstorm. They call it uh, an atmospheric river, Nathan. <laughs> an atmospheric river. Yeah. Get ready to swim. <laughs> it's pretty pretty uh, dramatic, right? So that uh, really scares uh, and gets ratings, I suspect, uh, from, from the local newscasters. Oh, the local newscasts, <laughs> all of them in L.A. are horrible when it comes to, like, predicting weather. You know, it, because they can say it's sweltering at 114 degrees in Southern California, but if it goes up to 115 degrees, it's just like, death may happen, please, you yeah. know. What would happen here in Colorado? Instead of a snowstorm, what could we call it? What, here? Yeah. Well, what they call it like the bomb blast. Well, no, that's a bomb cyclone. Bomb, bomb cyclone. We got a lot of that. Yeah. I think that was actually nationwide. Uh, but they also call it other things, whiteout, uh, win wintermageddon. Um, how, about a, how, about there's a snow, how about there's a snow train heading toward Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> delivering, <laughs> get ready to dig. <laughs> it is the mammoth of snowstorms coming your way. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about, aside from uh, Nissan products, we're also going to talk about the company itself and are they in trouble? <laughs> yes. Um, and we're going to talk about all their products and also you know the good and bad, and perhaps we can throw out a few suggestions. And it's all going to boil down to Roman beginning this with the Aria, which I bet you're wondering... Hey, haven't I heard about the Aria for the past three and a half years? And yes, you have. Yeah, so um, let's, let's let's just cut to the chase and go to the bad, and then I'll tell you the good, okay? okay. So uh, I, I think if Nissan had come out with the Aria like three years ago, it would have been like an out-of-the-ballpark smash. Even two years ago. Even right? two years ago, I would say. Right, when, when you know, 
there was um, not as much competition as there is today. The, right. the problem with it from an electric car point of view is um, that it only charges at a maximum of 130 kilowatts, mm -hmm. which given that the Ionic 5, Ionic 6 charges at over 250 yeah. is, is, you know, is slow. Um, the range, according to uh, Nissan, and I was driving the E-Force, which is the all-wheel drive one. So the two-wheel drives in dealerships right now, mm -hmm. uh, but I was driving the new all-wheel drive. The range is actually, according to the EPA, good, 272. So th that works. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, what doesn't work is that, unfortunately, the car is built in Japan, which means oh. it doesn't qualify uh, for the 7500 uh Credit. You can get a credit if you lease it, I believe. Yes, you can. Yeah. But that's that's still different, and you won't. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 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 that's kind of a problem. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a big problem because it's expensive. The one that's pictured behind me and that I was driving, which is the one with all the bells and whistles, was sixty two thousand seven hundred and seventy. And as you know, Tesla has been dropping their prices, especially on the Model Y. So you can get into a Model Y now for like fifty three thousand. So this is going to be and this 10, competes directly against yeah, it. Yeah, so it's going to be ten thousand dollars more expensive, and you won't get the. Uh, $7,500 federal tax credit. You might get whatever state credit you get. That's just a lot. That's a that's a strong headwind to sell into. Yeah, it is. It is. They 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 kind of blew a lot of chances building this. Now, let's quickly talk about you know what it is and what it is not. It's an electric vehicle. It's not a Nissan Leaf with all-wheel drive. This is a significantly different Round vehicle. Round-up new vehicle. Yeah, um, and it's a new platform. Uh, you may have been hearing that they're not using their old-school batteries that they build. They were actually building it for, uh, using batteries from a second-tier company, and that is true. Um, and that company does build uh, batteries uh, with Chinese components. You may have heard that as well. Although that company is also used by many other yeah, I can't manufacturers. Think of it. It's a Chinese battery company. There's yeah, like three it, companies that do it's batteries. Like, it's, it's not just one. It's three. It's a conglomerate. Yeah. Uh, so the point is, is that with that battery technology, though, that actually gives this vehicle new battery tech that's far better than the stuff that they're using currently in the Nissan Leaf. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with the E-Force, and that's spelled E dash, the number four, mm -hmm. O-R-C-E, uh, you get really great acceleration. Zero to 60 is claimed by Nissan 4.8 seconds, and it's, you know, it gets up and goes. It also has Nissan's ProPilot 2.0. Yeah, uh, you tested that in the video. I did, yeah. So the video's on alltfl.com, and you can actually see it. It's kind of like, you know, level two autonomy that mm -hmm. competes with uh, Ford's Blue Cruise, uh, the Super GM Cruise Super Cruise, yeah. And the way that it works is kind of clever. Uh, it, there's three colors, so you get a little steering wheel, and it turns three colors. White means that the system is on. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, green means that it's working basically like adaptive cruise control, so hands-on steering wheel, eyes-on road. And mm -hmm. then when it turns blue, then you go eyes-on road, hands-off steering wheel. Right, but it the, the system didn't like you very much because you were holding your camera at the same time. You couldn't it, see my it, eyes. Yeah, I couldn't see your eyes. I was like, no! <laughs> um, which is pretty funny, but that, but, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, I've heard from other people that the system works pretty good. Yeah, it works. I mean, you know, uh, um, I, 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 I was kind of of two minds, you know, I kind of like when you just hit one button, like in a Tesla and it turns on mm -hmm. here, you got to kind of basically set cruise control. So you got to set cruise control, then set your, first you got to turn it on ProPilot, then you got to set the cruise control and then you got to set your speed. So it's a little finicky, but once it's working, it's working really well. Um, no frunk, another bad thing. Yeah, I decided, I decided to put all the uh, you know room into the vehicle interior. Yeah, but the interior space is outstanding, uh, and it also has that um, center console. It's uh, got two cool things. It's got a center console. So, so their idea was that when you sit in the thing, that center console is like a coffee table that you can move. So mm -hmm. it electrically moves backward and forward, 
And then there's this little cubby that also comes out electrically. Mm -hmm. uh, so the good news about it is it's one of those vehicles that's kind of charming. You know, they've done a really good job in uh, making it very uh, luxurious and very premium. Uh, it's almost as premium as an Infiniti to some extent. So they've used this uh, Chinese lantern design language in the car. So there's this kind of subtle lighting that permeates the entire car. Uh, the leather is Napa leather, which they said is the only... Uh, vehicle with uh, that leather in that category. So mm. when we say that category, I'm talking about like, you know, the Mach-E. The ID4. Uh, the ID4, mm. the Ionic. You know, there's a whole slew of those midsize crossovers now. Uh, the all-wheel drive system is uh, uh, designed to work in such a way that you don't get as much head bob. So it's very um, um, good for inclement weather, according mm. to Nissan, good for snow. We took it to Sonoma Raceway and got the kind of not go on the raceway, but kind of try it out. And it is very um, uh, well-tuned for regular driving. In other words, it, it kicks in pretty quickly so that it keeps you on the road. It's not. It's definitely not designed for uh, carving canyons, but that's not what this car is about, right? Right. Uh, uh, the one other disappointment I had is, for some reason, Nissan decided to do one-pedal driving, but it still has creep. You can't get rid of creep. I wish you'd give me the choice because I, I don't like creep. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? When you come to a stoplight, you have to keep your foot on the brake. Yeah. 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 You'd rather be able to take your foot all the way off the, if you're doing one pedal driving and just leave it, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, some people do and some people don't, and there, but there are other people who like creep. So, you know. I just found the car. Radiohead likes them. To be really good, really charming, and I just kind of wish they had, you know, actually gotten it out like two years ago. Oh, I agree 100%. Two years ago, this car would have been a home run. Right now, it's really questionable in terms of their timing and whether or not this is going to make them really any money, considering all the time and money they put into designing it. I actually only have one issue aside from the price and the timing, mm. uh, one big issue with it. What's that? I'm looking at it right now, and you're almost pointing at it in this picture, which is, look where that charge port is. Yeah, the charge port, they, you know, is on the side, on the passenger side. Dude. The Nissan Leaf had it in the perfect place. In the right nose, in yeah. The front. yeah. I own one, I yeah. know. And it's great because you can pull up anywhere and it's easy to charge for the most part. This one doesn't. Now, is that uh, Chatamo or is that? Um... CCS. Oh, so it's CCS. Yes, not Chatamo. Okay, so they're done with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. That's CCS. a good thing. Yeah, level level two or level three, you know, DC fast charging, mm -hmm. the, the traditional. And you're right, Nathan. At some point, you know, I think this is like back in the day when we had, you know, gas fillers on different parts of the car. Remember like in the old cars, you had it behind the license plate? Yeah, yeah. I had it in my Mustang. Yeah, exactly. It was great. And now the Germans, of course, do it on the, oh, what, the Germans all do it on the passenger side? The right side? It's always on the, the same the side legs. so that you're not on the highway, right? So it's always, let's see if you're on this side. It's always on the driver's side. Or is it the Jap? And then the Japanese always do the other side. I don't mm. know. One, one or the other, but, but at least it's always in the back either passenger or driver's side. With electric cars, sometimes it's in the nose, sometimes it's on the side. Right, and Sometimes the tail. it's in the back, sometimes it's in the tail. It's just it's just getting a little too... Somebody has to like send a memo out saying, hey, let's put this... And I think the nose is the perfect place. I think the nose so is the perfect it, place, yeah. yeah. Or the very, very tail, I suppose. But really the nose, I think, would be the best. And it's ironic because Nissan perfected it and then they get rid of it. So um, let's... let's. Um, I mean, we could go on and on about this car. I like the color, by the way. That's This like, color's I, I, outstanding. That Mazda, right? Yeah. Crystal Soul, Metallic, or something like that. It looks really good on this car. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people are kind of hot and cold on the design. This is actually a good uh, image of it, too, because it shows a different angle. We always see it from one, like either the very front or from the profile. And this is a nice uh, upper shot of it, which is, I think, quite nice. The, the other thing you get is a year of free charging. 
Well, yeah, okay. Or or as much as you want at the Nissan dealer. <laughs> okay. If you want to head you over there. to the <laughs> Nissan dealer. Hey, George, good to see you again. Um, I, I guess it could pay off after a while, but the premium on this car is the one thing that I just, it's really, really hard for me to get re- reconcile based on just so, everything else on this so, car. So people actually do charge at the dealerships. I thought oh, that, I, did I, thought, too. I did too. I thought that was a joke, but no. I was, when I was up in Alaska, you know, doing that lightning thing yeah. earlier last year, uh, we pulled up... Uh, to an uh, anchorage to the um, Ford dealership, mm-hmm. and they had a 50 kilowatt charger, which is pretty quick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. And I plugged in, uh, and uh, this guy came by uh, in a Mach E, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sees that we're charging, and I was like, hey, I'm just doing this thing for you know video, so I'll, I unplugged, let him plug in. And basically, he was telling me that he just comes and charges over lunch, so he goes by as a lunch, mm-hmm. plugs it in, <laughs> plugs and... it in, and just sits at the Ford dealership while his car charges for free. That's, Why not? Well, I know. If you got it, use it. You know, you will save money in the end. I actually used to go to the, you know, the Nissan dealership down when we had our old office. Yeah. Um, that that dealership yeah, that's yeah. all the way down the road. Yeah. I would go there, and they had a charger that I could plug into. And yeah, why not? They won't say a word to me, but I could see some people kind of giving me the stink eye because it's an old Nissan, and they have the newer ones out. And here I am. Well, I, an old I one. was talking to the sales manager, and he like knew the guy. He's like, "Hey, Jim, yeah, exactly. <laughs> good to, good exactly. to see you again." <laughs> they got used to me doing this uh, from time to time. Anyway, anyway, so um, Nissan still builds the leaf, and what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about Nissan themselves as an uh, automaker. Um, yeah, are they in trouble? They are. They, they they have some real issues, at least in the United States. Well, they have been since Carlos Ghosn basically uh, took the company and uh, what he did, unfortunately. So he was. There's a great documentary by Carlos Ghosn, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's on Amazon or, or Netflix, but it's out there. Check it I out. I think it's Amazon. You know, he was the guy who got himself shipped shipped out of, <laughs> out of uh, Japan in like a music box. Uh, he there's it's a whole thing that he did actually he was quite and then, brilliant about how he escaped but and that's in the video by and the now way he's wanted by Interpol and he's stuck yeah in, Le- in uh, Lebanon yeah in Lebanon because yeah. he's Lebanese anyway so what he did basically he was kind of the wonder child of Peugeot and then he took over Nissan and then I'm going to make a long story short uh, there are allegations that he used Nissan as his own piggy bank so he bought uh, villas and uh, stuff for himself using Nissan funds. Misappropriated funds. Yeah, and then was... and when, when Nissan found out about that, they, of course, got angry and they arrested him. And in Japan, uh, being arrested means you're pretty much guilty, I guess. Yeah, there's very little chance <laughs> once of you're arrested. You, once you're actually arrested by the police, the, the trials, it's just a question of how long are you going to stay in prison. And he felt that that wasn't fair, his words, Yeah. Uh, and that he, uh, he was on probation and he managed to escape on probation and his... Excuse for that is, I wasn't going to get a fair trial. And he's still talking to people about getting a fair trial somewhere else other than Japan. And the Japanese are like, no, your ass is coming back here and you're going to go on trial because this is a Japanese-held company and what have you. So anyway. But what um, what he did from a kind of a business standpoint, which was unfortunate, is he um, made the company profitable because it it was about to go under, right? Yeah, they were in trouble. He came and saved it, but he did it by doing drastic cost cutting. So basically he mortgaged the future of Nissan, in other words, new product, for the present. So he Mm. cut... New product uh, expenditures, almost to the bone, leaving the company with basically uh, a, a legacy lineup of old cars. And as you know, Nathan, as I know, uh, new cars are the lifeblood of any car company. And if you don't have new cars, you're in deep doo doo. That is correct. And then on top of that, he went and cut quality because once you cut cost, you have to cut quality to a certain degree. At one point, Nissan was almost toe to toe with Toyota. They were building quality products that were really competitive. And then suddenly, in a very short amount of time, their quality dropped. 
I'm sure you all heard, and it's the elephant in the room aside from me, is the transmissions. You've heard of JATCO, uh, CBT transmissions. They still use them. However, back in the earlier days when they did this huge contract to essentially put 90% of their vehicles onto these CBT transmissions, many of them failed in horrible ways and they were very unreliable and progressively they become more and more reliable to where today, uh, from the studies that have recently gone out, they are fairly reliable now. But that didn't help them 10, 15 years ago, right? So let's go and quickly go over the product lineup because yeah. there are some decent little cars out there. Yeah, there are some diamonds out there, but let's start with the obvious one, you know, the Leaf. They're still building the Leaf. Yes, they are. The Nissan Leaf is, uh, was initially built, I believe, in 2010, 2011 for the United States. It is built here in the United States, and so uh, that car, you can... Um, but it is so long in the tooth. It, it's, it, yeah, even with their newer oh. design. Um, they updated like two years ago, mm -hmm. you know, gave it... They, or initially, they gave it, you know, battery, battery a battery pack that wasn't uh, climate controlled, uh, or it was it was like it was like a motorcycle. It didn't have uh, it had it had air cooling, right? And if you lived in places like Arizona, where in the summer it gets very very hot, you would fry that battery pack. In the first several years, uh, a lot of Nissan. Well, leaks. they progressively have made it more and more hardy and better and better. Yeah. Um, technically speaking, the one I own is even though its a body is a first generation, it has a second generation powertrain. 30 kilowatt hour battery, a little over 100 miles range, I think initially 111 miles, and then they've gone up from there to where they're at the 200 mark on their bigger battery. But the point with this car is that it's not competitive anymore. Uh, there are other cars out there for the price. Yeah, the Bolt. Are, the Bolt is a really good example Much that cheaper. has way better range. Yeah. Although the Leaf, I think, has more usable interior space, the Bolt, in almost every other measurable way, is, is a better car. And you, know, you start looking at all the other competitors, I mean, you just looked at um, the Kona EV, right? Yep. It was an excellent car. I mean, they've enlarged it and made it right in all the proportions. And I mean, it'll still be competitive with can, the Leaf financially. You can get a Leaf into the high 30s, I think. The Leaf? Yeah. 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 It, and I think if, if I were Nissan, what I would do, because they've, you know, they've paid for the tooling of that thing, right? It's the very first uh, electric car that was mass marketed to the entire world, not right. just the U.S., why don't they just cut the price of that thing and take it down to some place where it becomes competitive to the Bolt? You know, oh, like, like I would Andy. make it the least expensive, expensive electric exactly. car by a huge margin. Yeah. I would, and then I would market it that way, and that you know that would help get it out because I know they're going to do another generation. Now, here's the crazy part: before we go on with the cars, uh, maybe we are, should we take a break yet, or we still got us? I think bit we're still good. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. So um, Nissan by 2030 is expecting another 17, up to 17. New vehicles, most of them electric. So we're at a point right now where this should be happening pretty much on an annual basis. New car, new car, new car, right? It's not. Uh, the Aria is the first one, and then they've got this Leaf. So what we're hearing is that they're going to build an all-new Leaf. Uh, hopefully, it'll be far more competitive than the current one. Yeah, get rid of, uh, get rid of Chatamo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. I think that's dead. I think it's. I hope so. Yeah. Well, if it's not on this, and that's why I was wondering, it's if, a, if oh, it's not on, CCS. Uh, uh, yeah, then if it's CCS on the newest electric car, they're not going to bring it back. And it's a dying thing here in the United States. Uh, I don't and, think and you the can, rest of the world. It's only in Japan. Technically though. speaking, I don't think at least here in the states you can get anything that does faster than forty-five kilowatts. On Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah technically 50, it's yeah. fifty, but but really it's only forty-five. There's like a limit to keep it under that. So yeah. You're kind of stuck with that, and everything else is going 150, 200, 250. Anyway, so let's talk about product. Uh, maybe let's, let's, after we do a little break. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's because we'll start from the very top bottom and work our way up. 
Can we start with the good stuff and leave the bad stuff for the end? I like doing it that way. Okay, let's start with the good stuff. Yeah, because they've had some really good vehicles recently. They have had uh, some fantastic And we've driven ones. them, and, uh, you know, let's, let's start with the good stuff, and then we'll kind of talk about the stuff that needs to... So I know what you're going to lead with, the Z. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about that when we get back. Okay. All right, so um, I think I think they have three cars, Nathan, that are actually really, really good. Uh, my favorite of those three, uh, just because I'm a Z guy, is of course the new Z. It's a wonderful car. It's a wonderful car. It, it's actually the only car in that category that I really fit into because I don't fit in a Supra. Yeah, and neither do <laughs> and I. The, yeah, it, I'm much more comfortable in the Z. And the BRZ is I can fit sort of kind of into that. Yeah. Uh, uh, 86 if you're a Toyota fan, uh, but the same problem. Little... And the Nissan has a lot more power, like yeah. guttural power to it. Yeah, and, and, they, and they did something clever, uh, which was they basically took the previous generation, uh, and you can still see the switch gear from the previous mm-hmm. generation, the chassis is the same, uh, and they gave it a new skin, but the skin is wonderful. So even though dynamically it's more of a GT than a pure like track monster, it just looks really good. I agree 100%. It drives nice. It's a comfortable car. It's 400 horsepower from that mm-hmm. you know, twin turbo V6, which is plenty. Yeah, and there's kind of like two different trims, right? There's, right. There's like the sportier one and the less sporty one. Uh, the, but the transmission, the suspension, uh, the engine itself, all of those have been massaged from the previous model. They're much more robust. And the platform itself is stiffer, too. Much stiffer, they say. Well, and so, they give it a little bit wider tire and... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what else did they do? Uh, they gave it... Um... From the hard points, they actually have gone and beefed up the entire platform, actually. Um, they, they did a lot with limited funds. Bear in mind, they did not have a lot of money to really do this because they, what we just talked about. And they gave it a manual. It, well, which it had before. Yeah, but I was expecting it to go away. So mm-hmm. um, I'm so happy. Because remember, the Supra, they just returned. They finally got back to the manual this yes. year, well, last year, but as of 2023. Yeah, and then the question is, you know, so what makes this car worthwhile? Why would you spend money on it instead of a Supra? And honestly, I think the Supra is probably slightly better performing. Uh, but the at the end of the day, it's a question of the parking lot ratio for me. If I drove that car into a parking lot, parked it, and went into a store, I would look back at it. That's my parking lot ratio. The Supra, after a couple of days, I don't think I'd look back at it so much. I, I, I find the aesthetics of the Nissan to be much, much better. And it's just a great car all around. It really does deserve, it's, it, there's, it's already gotten some awards. It's definitely, it was on World Cars, Best Sports Cars, but I don't think, I don't know if it won the category or not. Great car. Yeah. And, um, and it's not, you know, it's a pure Nissan product. Which, yes. Which, you know, whether you love the Supra and BMW, it, you know, it, it is important to a lot of people that when they buy a Nissan, they're buying a Nissan. Yeah, it, it doesn't have a, a components coming in from GM or something like that. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah, and I agree I agree with you. Some people actually find that important. Um, so the next car I would say that um, would be on there and is, is a truck. Their new Nissan Frontier is an absolute grand slam, home run, excellent, excellent truck. Yeah, check out alltfl.com because Tommy just drove the uh, Mojave. Cross country. Yeah, the Mojave road with it. Uh they kind of redid this thing where they, in, back in the 80s, they uh, uh, had a bunch of journalists do this in like the first generation trucks. And Tommy got to do it in the new Frontier. And we just published that video actually today. So if you're listening to this, it would have been published a few days ago. But mm-hmm. uh, it's really a good video. And uh, you're right, the, the, the Frontier, you know, Nissan has this thing where you get a lot of value. Um, and that's really what their play is, right? They've always been the value play. They, they really have been, yeah. and especially recently. Yeah, yeah. So... A lot of value uh, for your money, and the Frontier is right there. And maybe not the gr- latest and greatest technology, right, because mm. the Frontier still has 
uh, a traditional V6, no hybrid, no yeah, but no that, it's a 3.8 liter, and that 3.8 liter V6 is still one of the most powerful in its class horsepower wise, and it's only a few years old. And it has the nine-speed automatic transmission. It's related to the one that's in the Titan, and it's pretty beefy as well. But the, the real thing about the Nissan that, that really draws me in is that a lot of people have massaged trucks to make them more car-like. This is a truck. It really feels like a truck. It's a hell of a good value. I really came close to buying one, but it was just a hair out of my... Um, my uh, allowance for what I was allowed to well, get. Well, they're still new, so I, I, they are still new. I think they're going to start to discount them at some point. No, they already have in some have cases. Yeah, with, with the base models. So uh, really good truck. Pro Four X is going to be expensive. Yes, right? yes. But if you get if you impressive. get a base truck, you can get it in the high, probably high twenties. No, no, thirties. Really, really. Uh, well, yeah, you can get a two wheel drive, and they only do the King Cab. They don't have a standard cab. So the King Cab, uh, two wheel drive, absolute bare bones. You may be able to get for around thirty, realistically. But uh, if you want, like, the crew cab with four-wheel drive, you're going to be in the mid-30s as a start. But even that gives you a pretty good amount of, you know, kit in the truck, and it's already got the V6, and it's already got the nine-speed. Yeah, and uh, it's a good-looking truck. I think it's great Yeah, looking. I think what they did was, oh, gosh, what was that, like seven years ago now, they came out with the Titan Warrior concept? Which was fantastic. Yeah, that was they should have built that. Yeah, and then they took the design language from that and finally put it into the Frontier. And big surprise, it's a hit. And they took the F-150 design language and put it into the Titan, which was not a big hit. We'll talk about the Titan a little bit yeah. later because it, there's a lot of, there's some pros, some real pros and with a lot of cons. Um, so really the Titan, sorry, the Titan, the Frontier and the uh, Nissan Z are, the, are like two shining examples of what they can do with a tight budget and very little PR really, you know, considering where they have been. And then they put so much time and trouble into the Aria, but realistically, the Aria is still a good car. It is so a good car. It belongs on the good car list, so to speak. Yeah, th I think there's two more good cars they build. Um, and uh, the next one that you've actually owned is, of course, the new Pathfinder. The brand new Pathfinder is so much better than the previous generation. They got, oh rid, of, my God. They got rid of the CVT. Bingo. Yeah. And they made it a lot beefier, and they actually have one that uh, the uh, Rock Creek. Yep. Yeah. The um, Rock Creek Edition, which is I actually took it off road. It's kind of off roady. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like. Uh, I think that the Honda Pilot uh, ver um, Trail Might Sport be a little, it's a is a little bit more off roady. Yeah. But this one is still right up there. It has really good ground clearance, pretty beefy tires. I mean, it's not Jeep off roady, but it's. No, but you can actually handle a really hard yeah. driving course, provided that there are no boulders in it. And it's really good on soft I'd, sand, too. I'd still get a Grand Cherokee if you really wanted to go, seriously. Yeah. But but if you you know just occasionally want to go off-road or want to go up to your cabin someplace in Michigan, oh, yeah. this thing will be perfect for that. Absolutely. And it's a, it's got three rows of seats and uh, tows pretty good, too, if I recall. So it's a good vehicle. I agree. And there, believe it or not, there is one vehicle on my list of decent vehicles that has a CVT, and that's their brand-new Rogue that we just had just a few months ago. Yeah, both, both the Pathfinder and the Rogue have really come up in terms of kind of the quality of yes. materials. The interior uh, The interior fantastic. design language, you know, they just, they're just very, very good. And, and they haven't done what other manufacturers have done, which is gone to like haptic or gone to everything in the screen. Uh, even, even okay, all right, Aria does have this haptic thing that kind of lights up when you turn the car on. So, right. So, but it's cool because it's, it's wood. So underneath the, the wood buttons are these haptic controls that let you, underneath the wood are these haptic controls so that you actually control things. But the Pathfinder and the Rogue both have real buttons, which is nice. They do. And they also have really nice interiors that really feel like they're more like Infinity interiors. 
which is a funny irony. Uh, Infinity is technically part of you know Nissan, of course. We're not going to be talking about Infinity today. That it's just the, the whole, entire that's a whole other can. Yeah, and and the, the whole thing is in deep trouble. Uh, but I will say that the there was one other thing about the Nissan Rogue that a lot of you guys might not know, and they put in a brand new engine. It's the VC turbo engine, and it's remarkably good. It gets great mileage and it has great power. I mean, really, two things that go together quite well. Yes, the CBT is there, so it's, it robs the um, turbo of a little bit of its kick, but it's really, really efficient, and it still has amazing passing power, and it's a super, super comfortable so, package. So VCT stands for variable... Compression? Compression, yeah, So, mm -hmm. which is, I think Nissan's the only one that does that. Right, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing, because I'll screw it up, and you guys will yell at yeah, me. Yeah, but there, we have videos on how yeah, it works. Yeah, uh, but, but essentially, you can change the compression ratios uh, to make it either more efficient or uh, more powerful based on your throttle input. And that works really, really well. And they've had it on other vehicles, but I think this is the best execution of it in terms of the uh, what you guys want out there. So hopefully that engine will find its way into other vehicles. There's other quality little vehicles out there that they have. I uh, recently went to California yep. and uh, took my family to Disneyland. And I really didn't want to get an SUV or anything, really. I wanted something that got really good mileage. And I talked to Nissan, and I got my hands on a Nissan Kicks, which, surprisingly, it's kind of crossover-y, but it's really not a crossover. It's just a hatchback that's a little bit higher off the ground. That's a Qashqai uh, in the rest of the world. No, it, it, the Qashqai is the Nissan... Sport? Sp Rogue Sport. Rogue Sport, okay, that's yeah. the Qashqai. Yeah, that's the Qashqai, because yeah. you can get all... Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it's still... It's a very minimalist vehicle, really so not kicks, a lot of money. Kicks, I've got the Nissan website here, just so people know. Mm -hmm. Kick starts at $20,000. Yes. And it feels like it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. But but you get really good mileage with them. And surprising amount of room inside, especially for cargo. Uh, family of four, staying one week in California. So we're not staying in anybody else's house. We have to have a lot of luggage. We were able to get all our luggage in there. And my whole family in there fairly comfortably, and we got good mileage while we drove it around. And it was, speaking of rain, torrential rain was actually flooding, and I drove it through a flooded intersection with about a foot and a half of water. I didn't know it was there at the time, or else I probably would have tried to go around it. They went right through it because it's kind of high off the ground. So, so Only front-wheel drive, and it has a CVT. Let me go through the prices of their crossovers and uh, so that you know. So the kicks obviously starts at 20000 uh as shown, it says it's twenty three thousand on the website. Mm -hmm. The Rogue Sport, which is a cash guy in the rest of the world, yeah. starts at twenty five thousand, thirty one, and then of course the Rogue starts at twenty seven, as shown thirty eight. Uh, and um, you know, I love the Rogue. Uh, as you go down smaller, I'm not in love with the the kicks. Actually, I think no, there, I, there, not, there, there I, are I better cars in that segment. For a very inexpensive car, I think it's just a decent car on all arounder for a young family that doesn't have much money. It's twenty grand. It's 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 a gives you a lot of stuff for the money. It's a it's once again a value play. But, yes, but I'm not sure there's a lot of value in the like the, the actual. Um, it would be better than like some of the other alternatives from perhaps Mitsubishi and whatnot, which ironically is. is Part of uh, Nissan now, um, so then let's go on to their sedans. Oh, let me finish. The, oh, we there's got, more. We, oh, yeah, there's more. We're oh, missing oh well, I didn't want to talk about the Armada yet. But let's talk about the Murano. Okay, uh, so, yeah. so still the, building that. Yeah, so the Murano, uh, beautiful car when it first came out. Uh, you know, kind of empty nester car, uh, where if you're uh, looking for something that's a little bit more stylish, a little bit more expensive. Uh, and you've got a little bit more money, that's the car. Unfortunately, the Murano starts at 33 as shown 47. It just hasn't been updated in such a long time. It shares the same platform with the Nissan Maxima, which, by the way, is being discontinued. Uh, the Murano is an all-wheel drive, fairly good-sized vehicle for five. 
But um, unfortunately, whatever luster it had, it's sort of lost over the years to the point to where it's just another player in a very crowded segment, and it doesn't do anything special. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, but the one that we should talk about, which is actually sitting here at the office right now, is the Armada. Starts at 50000 as shown seventy, And uh, I think that's actually a really good car. They just refreshed it. Uh, For the money in its class, believe it or not, yeah. it actually is one of the value leaders. Now, you don't get more than one wheelbase. You don't get more than one engine. So it does have the uh, 5.6 liter V8. It's basically a Titan underneath. Well, a lot of it is, but yeah. surprisingly, not all of it. Uh, it's still the uh, Patrol from overseas that's actually a very different platform. Uh, and it still, I believe, has the seven-speed transmission, which is still befuddling to me because it's just nowhere near as good as the nine-speed for various reasons. Bottom line on this vehicle, though, is that uh, about two years ago, Nissan announced that they were going to make some serious updates, and they did a little bit later. So the interior has been all updated recently. The exterior has a new front end, a new rear end, LEDs. The interior itself, the, the piece de resistance is the screen that it has and then the surrounding dashboard and center console, all of that has been completely redone, making it a much more modern vehicle on the inside, even though they really haven't done much else with it. Yeah, so my problem with that car, I like it, uh, but I'm just saying the competition is really tight, like the Tahoe, right? Mm -hmm. Offers a lot more space. For some reason, the Japanese, when they do these big three-row vehicles, just don't make them big enough. And I, I include yeah. Toyota in that as well. Yeah, yeah, we did. We saw that with the, their Sienna. Yeah, no, Sienna. Sequoia. Uh, Sequoia, sorry. Yeah, so, yes. yeah. yeah. It just, it, they, just, they just somehow have a hard time understanding that in America, we have big open roads that, that you can drive these cars on, right? I'm sure it still has a lot of room. It's just not as much room as yeah. the competition in, in, in reality. And it's an old, but it's an old platform and it's an old encased platform. So you can also see this in the uh, Infiniti QX80, which is its cousin. They're essentially the same vehicle in terms of sheet metal, but I, different. I, I would recommend the Armada. I think it's a good truck and I think it. You and know, it's well screwed together. It is a beefy vehicle. If you want to tow something, it tows. 8,500, I think. Uh, more than that. I think it's, eight, I asked Andre, he would know. Uh, yeah. But it's he, a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's pretty good. It, I, I've seen him tow horse trailers with no problem. Oh, yeah. The engine's fantastic. It does have an air suspension in the rear. It's kind of slow, but it does the job. Uh, I actually, I'm not sure if it's, it has it or only if the Infinity has it, but I do know this independent rear suspension, which ironically Toyota used to have with the Sequoia and they got rid of, I don't know if that's good or bad. I think for interior space, it's bad for Toyota, but that's a different story. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a really rugged vehicle. Ironically, you can't get it with a full-blown hardcore off-road version. There's no Pro 4X version of it, which to me is a shame. That would be a great vehicle to slap on beefier rubber, put a locker in the rear, lift it a little bit, put some armor on it, and I bet you you would increase the sales on that vehicle. I want to say ours has 22s, which aren't going to go off-road. There's absolutely not. <laughs> and that's that's the problem, is that they put these big wheels. They're built for Beverly Hills. They're not built for... When I say ours, I mean the one that they The one we're borrowing, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, we, that might as well I'd lead us to... I would still recommend it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. I think it's old school, and I think it's like... You know, what these things used to be like now, of course, everything's getting hybridized and electrified. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside is it's probably pretty thirsty. It is thirsty. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not a very efficient vehicle. But, but but I think it'll last forever. That's the thing is that I, well, I, I have a cousin in Los Angeles, speaking of places, whose wife owns a second generation one. And she's probably got about a buck and three quarters on it or maybe even up to 200,000 miles by now. She bought it brand new, and she's just driving the crap out of it. They've had very few problems. I think she had to go through a couple of different uh, sets of brakes and tires. Big surprise in L.A. Um, but, but. Can we talk about the cars? One more vehicle. If we're gonna, we already talked about trucks, and that's the Nissan Titan. 
And I'm, last year we thought it was going away, right? The rumor well, was that they, the they river's growing. They discontinued it in Canada mm -hmm. last year. Yep. Uh, they're still selling it in America, but uh, and you can get a great deal on one if you go online, look up the base model, and then put four wheel drive on it because the four wheel drive option is very cheap compared to the competitors. And suddenly you have a V8 crew cab or king cab or crew cab uh, with four wheel drive. And that V8 is fantastic. We love it. And you have a vehicle that is has slightly better equipped, aside from that big V8, uh, than a lot of the competition. For that same price, you'd have to get like a base model Ford with their base model V6 or a base model Chevy, you know what I mean? So if you want that big V8 still, good towing power, good capability, pretty damn decent off-road, and get a work truck, look at the Nissan Titan. But with that being said, Nissan completely shot themselves in the foot with this current generation Nissan Titan. Yeah, you know, I think the problem is it's a good truck competing in a field of great trucks. Yes, that's part of it. And also there's not enough, um, it's too expensive. Even though I just said that you can get a good deal, you can. And most likely it's one of the few trucks you might be able to get for under MSRP if you really work at it. But it's still too expensive going up against the competition, even though you do get a lot of kit for the money and... There are no options in terms of different types of engines. There's no options in terms of having a standard cab. They were supposed to do a V6. They even said they're going to do a V6. Now they do, I know, have the XD. The XD tows a little more. It's got a beefier frame, but it's the same engine transmission, basically. Uh, so you're, you're, you're only getting a little bit more capability for a lot more expense, and it's also a lot less efficient. They got rid of their diesel. I mean, everything that made it unique. They've kind of gotten rid of, right? And then they never really gave it the tools to advance and become competitive with everything Toyota, Ford, and I, I just Pro think, Motors build. I just think this is such a competitive segment in America that if you're going to play in that world, you got to have a big budget. You, you got to have game. And when it first came out, it had game. People, It blew people away. It was so different. Second generation, when it came out, a lot of it was kind of a lukewarm thing, but it was still different. Uh, but nowhere near as good. I truly, truly believe that Nissan should have st stuck with their warrior concept and just said, that's our design language. We're going to put that on the Titan. It, look, it worked on the Frontier beautifully, and it would have worked on the Titan. I guarantee it, and it's a real shame because I'm hearing from dealers. Dealerships are actually saying that uh, next year will most likely be the last year because they're not seeing any forward progress on, even when they have their little conventions talk, Nissan's mum on the Titan, meaning to me, that they're going to save money, stop building, which means that there's going to be a lot of jobs lost. It's just going to be a real shame. You, but they're just not selling. You know, it's funny. Uh, when you go to um, Tennessee and mm -hmm. you go to Nashville, yeah. there's Titans everywhere. Yes, that's where they sell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for some reason, they sell them right there. Yeah, for... That's where Nissan's headquartered, by the way, for yeah. America. Uh, so I think it's a good truck, Nathan. I've always enjoyed the truck. It's just a solid truck. It's a solid truck. I think if you're looking for you know, uh, a truck that is the cost uh, leader. That's, like you said, that's certainly the, the one to go for. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how, how it would fix the Titan without having just, you know, a massive, massive budget. I think they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Because you you, you just, it's just not good enough to have a, a good, solid truck in that class, right? Because Ram, Ford, GM, even Toyota to some extent are just killing it. Yes. Um, so, like, I'll give you an example. Toyota is selling about 100,000... Can't think of the name of the truck now. You're talking about tacos, or you're talking about uh, tundras? Tundras, yeah, the new tundras. They're selling a hundred thousand of those, which a year. is a good for them. Which is good for yeah, them. Yeah. Gone up. Of course, Ford is selling you know hundreds of thousands of F-150s. Same thing with Ram, and same thing with the Silverado. Yeah, the Titan's selling hundreds of hundreds. Yeah, and so so I think when people go and think of a truck, 
The problem is nobody thinks of a Titan. Or unless, you're in East, people, unless, yeah. you're, unless you're in Nashville. But yeah, I, I, now I've seen them around here and there too. And I, I, there are viewers out there. And I you should you, think of it, but you don't. Yeah, uh, th I know there'll be common people in the comments who will say, I own one, I love it or whatever. And I, I, thank you for commenting on that. But the reality is, is that it is a truck that's just not very popular. Nissan is going to stop it before too long. The way to save it, in my book, they have a 3.8 liter engine that exists right now that has, is pretty powerful. I think they can make it more so and make it immediately competitive, dropping the price by a couple thousand dollars, sticking that engine in there as an option on the value bottom. Rear drive version of that truck coming in at $35,000 if they could do it with that engine, which is over 300 horsepower still, guys, right? Um, I think you would be bringing in more fleets and hopefully increase your sales. And then from there, consider a more advanced powertrain because right now, Everybody else has something that's unique and definitely more efficient. So something else to think about. All right, let's take a quick break uh, and help pay for the bills that make this possible. I want to thank, of course, our patrons as well, but let's take a quick break. All right, let's go back now to the cars, Nathan. Yes, so now we're talking about cars. And Nissan is still one of the few automakers that actually builds cars. Yeah, there's actually... Sedans. They actually build, if you don't count the Leaf, four cars. Yes. So let's start with the cheapest one. Right, at 15,000, the Versa. The Nissan Versa recently had a major update. Tommy actually went on that trip, and uh, that car grew quite a bit and became a lot more attractive. I used to hate the sedan version of the Versa. It was one of my least favorite vehicles, just based on its aesthetics alone. I thought it was the goofiest-looking car. Well, for a while, it was the cheapest car you could buy in America. It's still until, one of the least expensive. Yeah, until Mitsubishi, of course, took that. Right, but right now, I think that Nissan and Mitsubishi are really, really close I on that price battle. still cheaper. It may be, but the Nissan Versa is better. The Nissan Versa is actually uh, better equipped and a lot bigger. Backseat on the Nissan Versa can actually hold real human beings, like full size. Uh, and the Nissan Versa sedan is uh, actually it's the same size as the old Sentra's from about 15 years ago. Um, decent car, CVT. I think you can still get a manual, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, but it uh, has pretty comfortable interior, good, um, good economy style. That is a little bit more premium. Yes, CBT is there, but it's fairly well dialed in to a more powerful platform than uh, the previous model. So, yeah, I like the Versa Note in the past, by the way, the hatchback, but it just never was a big seller here because hatchback in America, right? I'm trying to figure out if you can get a manual. I can't tell. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess it might be with the base model. Now, then we go up to the Sentra, and yeah. the Sentra is one of their oldest names, I've uh, been around for a very long time, and it's kind of had its ups and downs. The Sentra, uh, if I can speak English, directly competes against the Toyota Corolla, and the Corolla has the way Civic. more variants. Uh, yeah, and the Civic. Yeah. Um, and both the Corolla and the Civic have way more variants, and they are far more competitive. However, the Sentra is, in its class, in my personal experience, the smoothest driving vehicle in its class. Starts it, at 20000 Starts at twenty thousand dollars. One hundred and forty-nine horsepower. Not a rocket, but it, it moves, and it has once again a continuously variable transmission. I think they're still building the SR, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. That was the sporty version of it. And yeah, I remember. Yeah, but, but yeah. Unfortunately, the sporty version kind of got detuned to just be more SR. Yeah, line as opposed. To, remember the but, original SR? Oh, actually, the original yeah. SR had a little bit of yeah. a brio, and then they did the SR. Um, uh, the Nismo SR, and they yeah. had all these different little tiny mini yeah. trims in between. But I believe they still do it. And the thing about the SR or any of the um, 
centrist is the fact that there's an SR Midnight Edition. That's the yeah, the Midnight 20, is the newest. Three thousand six hundred electronic CVT. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, it's it which is yeah. Once again, I'm, we're not big CVT fans. You obviously know that. However, this car is really well set up for a very good ride, good responsive handling, and overall one of the best for backseat comfort in its class. So those things are important, but that's about it on the Sentra. It really, it, it, you know, it doesn't really move the needle that much. But then you move up to their big volume seller, and that's the Altima. So it starts at twenty five thousand four hundred ninety as shown in this 33,800. So now we're talking like Honda Accord competitor, yeah, Camry uh, competitor. Yeah, um, which it's definitely grown over the years. And you might be wondering, well, so those other cars sound really compelling. Yes. The Nissan um, Altima has a couple things going for it, one of which is you can get an all-wheel drive variant, and you can get a turbocharged uh, I variant. I don't think you can get an all-wheel drive. Yes, you can. So SV, front-wheel drive, SR, front-wheel drive, SL, front-wheel drive, um, SR, front-wheel drive. Yeah, you, you scroll down, you should be able to do it. And, and the Maybe equipment. they got rid of it, dude, but I don't see an all-wheel drive. Okay, because we just drove one and we did, did a we? video on Yes, we did. Huh. Yeah, keep looking as I'm talking and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can fix that. So anyway, um, and then, of course, there's the turbocharged version. The turbocharged one does not come with all-wheel drive. Both have continuously variable transmissions, but like the Sentra... A very, very nice interior. And with, with the Altima, actually, it's even one step higher because the Altima has that whole zero gravity seat thing, which isn't, it's basically just a really nice type of foam. Very, very comfortable. I hate using the very too much, but it really is very comfortable up front. Uh, very roomy in the back as well. Uh, once again, one of the best in terms of rear seat space, good trunk space as well. Very good ride. So it, Nothing special. Once again, it's not going to move the needle much. Yeah, it says there is. An, apparently, it's not on their website, so maybe it doesn't sell a lot. Uh, what, the all-wheel drive? Yeah. Uh, just, just just, look up Nissan. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's powered with the VC Turbo. Uh, so yeah, the VC Turbo is separate, and that doesn't have all-wheel drive. And then there's a separate one that is all-wheel drive. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not a very popular option because it's certainly not a feature Okay, on the well, website. if you guys hear differently. No, I'm not saying only... it doesn't exist. I'm just saying it's not on mm. the website. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe quickly send a, a Zach a text. Anyway, um, so when, once you get to that point, you're thinking, okay, well, at least the VC Turbo is fast, and it is. Actually, it's quick and it's fast, but it's not really competitive against the equivalent uh, you know, Honda or Toyota, just in terms of overall drivability. It's good. It's just not great. So finally, in that whole list of cars, the Nissan Maxima. Gonna be put to death. That one for sure is going away. Yeah, I mean, all big sedans are kind of going away, right? It, what does it compete with the 300C? That's still out there. The Chrysler 300. Kind of in yeah. terms of its size. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what, 300 what, horsepower V6. By the way, what, what else is left that, that it competes with? That well, we... even with that, the Chrysler. The Chrysler has uh, rear drive as yeah. standard, that, whereas on the Nissan's well, front drive and the Nissan's a CVT. Um, so um, yeah, the Altima is probably your go-to choice if you want. A big Nissan sedan because, like you said, Nathan, the Maxima is probably gonna. Well, it is. They announced yeah. it's going away. Um, uh, but it's a shame because I like that car. Yeah, um, I think what killed it was the front wheel drive. I think that that definitely should have been. No, I think it was the uh, CVT. The CVT took all the sportiness out of it. It looked really sporty when it came out. Its design looked amazing, and it had 300 horsepower, but it never really felt like it put the power to the ground properly. And that was a real shame because if you think about all the other vehicles out there that it competes against, um, Toyota's 
Camry, as an example, they do have an all-wheel drive version, and they use an automatic transmission. They have a hybrid. They, you know what I mean? It's there's all these other options. Look at Honda. All of them have much more beefy ones. Granted, they're a little bit on the smaller side on the outside, but the thing about the Nissan Maxima, it's a real problem, is that inside, the interior space isn't that great, despite its exterior size, and that is a real issue. So Remember when we did that video when we had the Maxima? This was like maybe even like seven years ago. We went to uh, Rabbit Mountain, and, mm -hmm. and we, were yes. kinda, we were kind of hooting it around. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah, kind of fun. And we were both like, this is a great car. It just needs a regular transmission and uh, rear-wheel drive. Yeah, um, and by the way, to put a kibosh on the previous statement, yes, Nissan still builds the Altima with all-wheel drive. I'm on their website. You know, that's what I said. Yes, the yeah, Altima yeah, still yeah, yeah. with all-wheel yeah. drive. Uh, okay, so anyway, we are now done with the Nissan sedans. And in reality, none of them outperform their competition, which is a problem. And only a few of them uh, come in under the price of their competition. Yet another problem. So they have to figure out where they're going. Are they going to build a car that's more competitive or are they going to build one that's less expensive? That's well, the only uh, way they can win. Here's, here's kind of my take on it. You know, we've been talking about what's wrong with Nissan and are they in trouble. And, and for me, there are two words that kind of signify the problem that Nissan has. Uh, and those two words are two brands, Hyundai and Kia. So mm. once upon a time, you know, Nissan had that kind of uh, value brand. Uh, and higher quality. Higher quality. Mm. And... They lost that to Hyundai and Kia. By a huge margin now. Yeah, so yeah. Th that's really the problem. Hyundai and Kia came out of, you know, Korea and basically started building, kind of took the Japanese roadmap, right? Came in here with very inexpensive cars uh, and started undercutting the competition and quickly moved up the ladder to not just building inexpensive cars, but building high-quality inexpensive cars and then taking it to the next step by building high-quality inexpensive cars with a lot of, like, Bells and whistles. And a huge warranty. When they hit with that 10-year warranty, it absolutely blew people out of the water. And, and the brand that they mainly cannibalized, I think, was Nissan. Nissan had an opportunity to take them on head-on. And at the time, they had some interesting products to do it. They never really did it. Uh, do you guys remember the, uh, was it the Xbox, the X-Cube? What the hell was that thing that we oh. had to drive in Detroit? Yeah, what was that oh. little guy? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. oh, that, the, the Nissan. The little, little, little round square. Yeah, the X, of. the Cube. Uh, it wasn't the X. It was it wasn't the Cube. Oh God! Yeah. Well, so but while was you're the, looking at that, yeah, I thought it was something like a Cube. Um, that was a vehicle that was built for the Japanese market. When they brought it here, the execution was poor. The thing is, yeah, it is was that, a Cube. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But when it came out, you know, there there were other ones. You know, Scion, Toyota. They had one. Honda had one in their own way. But they none of them really got that youth market locked in like the stuff that was being produced over at Hyundai and Kia. Why? Because they're building really inexpensive cars that were kind of sort of fun with killer warranties. And they absolutely took it to everybody, not just Nissan, but actually everybody. And some took notice and some didn't. I really think that Nissan, had they stuck with their more youthful bent, which they used to have, I think that they would have been in a much better place. Well, let's, let's, let's just talk about that because let's compare like the Aria, which I just drove, right? Mm -hmm to the Korean competition. So it directly competes against the Ionic 5. Yes. And the uh, Kia EV6. Yes, and they absolutely slammed this thing. Sorry, but I, I haven't even driven the Aria, and I can tell you that. It, and unfortunately, Nathan's right. From a styling perspective, this is a good-looking car. It's got mm -hmm. a little bit of ID4 in it. Um, yeah, from the side profile. Yeah, but, but look, with the Ionic 5, you get this kind of cool retro styling. You've got vehicle to load, right? You've got a... a 800 volt architecture, 
Uh, and you've got a car that can be bought in two-wheel drive or all-wheel drive uh, and is out there with the um, – and there's an Ionic uh, – Six. There's an Ionic 6 coming. Mm -hmm. And with the Kia, you can get the Kia – EV6 or the EV6 GT now. Which is just ridiculously fast. Right? Yeah. Right? And and the question is, they're all going to be about the same price or less money than the than the Aria. So why would you get the Aria if, if you're, you know, if you're cross-shopping them? Yeah. And then there's a question of a tax credit and all that other stuff, which... Now, the, the again, Koreans don't get them either. They're also built in Korea right now. Uh, but they're, yeah, right they're, now, but they're building them here soon. They're, they're building a factory, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know about the Aria if it's going to be built here anytime soon. And they, that's They have a factory. They could. Yeah. Now... Uh, Volkswagen, on the other hand, they are starting to build their ID Force here, yeah, and that will definitely help that that bottom line for some of you guys who do qualify for that tax credit. And there's another thing to consider, which is the fact that there are vehicles that essentially do the same things that the Aria does for a lot less money. So then you're starting to ask yourself, and this is why I'm just scratching my head at Nissan's placement and what they're actually doing. Why does this car really exist? I mean, well, three years ago, it made perfect sense. It made perfect sense three years ago, but we're way behind. So Nissan's management needs to do a little bit of a shakeup, which recently they've done a PR shakeup, but they haven't done a top management shakeup, at least this year, and they need to, because this isn't really excusable. You guys, look. Well, I think what with after Carlos going, they're like trying to dig themselves out of a hole. Yeah, right? they, they are in a they, hole. They, they have, now they're the underdog. They have probably less funding. Uh, because, you know, success builds on success. So, mm -hmm. you know, the more cars hunting Kia sell, the more money they have to develop new cars. And they are just on a roll, right? We, we see the product rollout coming in. It's pretty incredible. It is. Now, Nissan promised electric vehicles in the future, and they're, they're basically going to replace a majority of their fleet with electric vehicles in the next, well, let's see, it's 2023. In the next seven years, we're expecting to have basically two electric vehicles introduced every year, give or take. I'm not seeing it. Now, here's where I think would maybe totally they should say do it. Maybe they should stay with internal combustion. I'm not disagreeing with that, but if they're going to stick with their bottom line, and I think they are, they're going to try to make this happen. So here's how they can fix everything. Very simple. You already introduced a teaser vehicle, a very small, even smaller, I think, than the Ford Maverick pickup truck that's all electric. It's called the Nissan Surf. And it had, I think, this platform that's inside the Aria. And it was a tiny little baby electric pickup truck, which does not exist in the market right now. Even though everybody's talking about building one, nobody has yet. Nissan, take a sawzall to this thing, cut off the back, replace the front end of it, lower the price, and make it a baby pickup truck that's all electric, and you will corner the market because nobody else has it. Think ahead of the game, make it happen, change things, and make it happen here in the United States so we can get a tax credit on it. That will help you. And then start building other vehicles on that platform. Make them really cheap. Be the value leader in electric vehicle technology. Come in with these cars that have a 200-mile range that are built for people who only have 25 grand to spend, and you're going to sell them like hotcakes. I know it sounds easier for me to say it as opposed to you doing it, but I personally think that that would be a great way to take a proper step forward. And there's a bunch of cars that, that I would think you could go after that right now no one's building. Like, I'll give you an example, Nathan. Mm. The Suzuki Jimny. Yeah. Why not build a version of that now that Suzuki's no Well, they got the rid of their Xterra, which was a which was also real shame. shame. Yeah, yeah they, they, they never just, just when off-roaders were starting to take off, mm -hmm. they... they <laughs> yep, let's not build it. Yeah, that didn't work out so, well. So why not build something like a new Xterra or a Jimny, uh, you know, that, that is a crossover slash uh, off-roader. 
uh, and go after that market because Nissan certainly has the off-road chops in the rest of the world. Well, they have the X-Trail overseas, and that one is actually fairly off-road capable. Yeah. So bring it here. I mean, I know, once again, this sounds easier for us to say, but the bottom line is that your products, guys... They're just not up there with the competition. And in order to be competitive, you either have to cut that crap out of your prices or make better vehicles, unique vehicles, I should say. Yeah, or different vehicles. I think the vehicles are fine. They just, they, they're just kind of you know, competing in a very tight market with much bigger players now. And it's kind of a recipe for, I don't want to see Nissan follow Suzuki, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, out the I door. think they're too big. Suzuki was much, much smaller yeah, in the States. Yeah, and they have, obviously they have partnerships with European companies. So I think they're, they're going to be okay, but... Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe you use some of the European tech that, that, that is in your warehouse. I, I know they're also doing a lot, for instance, with Mitsubishi right now. Quite a bit, yeah. So, uh, but Mitsubishi's also kind of, you know, if well, anybody's going to follow in Suzuki's footsteps, it's going to be Mitsubishi. Although before. Mitsubishi's recent product with their, um, their plug-in hybrid uh, Outlander is yeah. outstanding. Based, on a, ro- based on a Rogue. Well, the, the platform is, but there's a lot of stuff in that's uh, bespoke to that vehicle, which I think will make it over to other Nissan vehicles before long. But in the end, I think we both agree that Nissan, out of all the companies we've so far talked about, Japanese companies at least, that really need a boost and a proper step forward. And they need to let us know and other PR people out there know that this stuff's really coming. Enough with the products where you're showing them at an auto show and never building them, or taking three or four years to build them. Show us something that you're going to be building soon. Give us some hope because you have a lot of people out there that are Nissan fans that still haven't given up on you and they need that carrot and I suggest you do it soon. Well, I think, you know, with the Z, with the Frontier. That's a good start. Yeah, it's a good start. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a good start. All right, well, there you have it, guys. Uh, This is how Nathan and I would fix Nissan. (laughs) Easier said than done. So basically I'm saying just fix Nissan by making a tiny little baby uh, electric pickup truck. Yeah, just take a wand and build all these new cars. Yeah, make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, that happens. We know that it's really hard and there's so much involved in making these. A lot of dominoes have to fall to make it happen. But but there might be a lot to be said. There's a big pushback right now happening against electric vehicles. Oh, there's quite a bit, but... So maybe maybe you could double down on ICE vehicles. I don't know. Mm, uh, Well, once again, they, they have government mandates they have to maintain. Whether we like it or not, they have to do it. Yeah, but for uh, instance, in Europe right now, their manufacturers are really pushing back against uh, the government mandates. Mm-hmm. And there's also all kinds of new technologies, oh, right? Yeah. So, so maybe there, there's a realization that it won't all just be electric. Maybe some of it will be hydrogen. Maybe some of it will be uh, uh, e-fuels. Maybe some of it will be electric. Which, right? There's not one size fits all. Pragmatic way of looking at it, though, is the fact that Nissan in the past five years has invested billions of dollars into electrification. Now, they can't just do a U-turn on that because right. they already have all these guys, yeah, firms, course, and everybody yeah. else who are doing it. So simply saying, hmm, let's do e-fuels now, they just don't have the funds to do it. Uh, they just don't have the manpower or the bandwidth. They have to stick with the direction they're going. But what they need to do is they need to take the accelerator and move it forward so they can actually get these products out there. That's my biggest issue is that these new products are not here and they need to be here. But, but you know what, Nathan? Mm. Nissan isn't the only one. Having, oh, yeah. Look, look right. at GM. I mean, oh, GM, man. Lyric, Hummer EV, right? Mm. They can't build them. They're just having a hard time sourcing the batteries. I agree. 
But nonetheless, we should be hearing about these other new vehicles that can't be built. And at the very least, you guys would have the information I, I I'm saying, if, for future purchase. If GM's struggling to build electric vehicles, Nissan is also going to struggle. Which There's, is ironic because Nissan was a pioneer with the electrification yeah, of their, no, of that, their that's, small cars. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the real shame, that with the Leaf, they, they, they were first to market. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just let that uh, die on the vine, right? Yeah, it, they just didn't update it enough to keep it competitive. Competitive right. at a certain it, it, point it, it, in time. It, it, Nissan could be where Tesla is today, right? Because they, 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 be. they came out at the same time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And Nissan had all the bandwidth and capability to keep going and just, they could have been at the point right now where they're selling a vehicle as good as a Model Y or as good as this do you, do you Aria remember, for half the price. I you, kid you not. Do you remember when we first drove the initial Leaf? And it had like a navigation system, and there was a big circle that showed you like how far you could get on the on the charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, that's and that, my daughter's car has that, and that was meant to like relieve range anxiety, but it did the exact opposite. It did exactly the opposite. <laughs> we did a video which got a lot of scorn when early days of TFL about ten years ago when we did this video. Oh yeah, day um, in the life of an Nissan. Yeah, right? and uh, where I go and as I'm waiting for the car to charge, I'm smoking a cigar, reading a paper, and Roman goes to a gym and works out as we're waiting for the car to have just enough charge to get me back home. Uh, and But those were the early days when the car only had like about a 70-mile range or something like that. Right. And things have changed since then, but nonetheless, they haven't changed enough. And it's a real shame because Nissan had all that potential. But we can only talk about the past so much, right? right. Now we're talking about the future. So Nissan, here's it. you know, let's fix it this way. The Aria, too expensive. Make it cheaper with all-wheel drive. Turn it into a small pickup truck that you guys showed us years ago. Just take the sawzall to it. <laughs> take the sawzall to it, as I said. But um, you know, give the public what they want. You know, people want an affordable electric vehicle. You're obviously not building very many hybrids, so can't really go there. So why not do this? Something to think about. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. And as always, check out alltfl.com if you want to see all of our uh, news views and real-world reviews. Uh, it's funny, Nathan, um, before we end, I want to say uh, our podcast got a three-star rating recently. You know why? Mm. Because one of the viewers heard, you know, the extra podcast that we do, which is the classics, right? So mm -hmm. we have on this channel, uh, Tommy and Brendan also do a classics podcast. Yep. And somebody saw and listened to that podcast and got bummed out that we had stopped doing new car reviews. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, so we got dinged for doing an extra podcast? It's We're so, going to get dinged for so whatever. Sad. I forgot the, what, the, you know, the term Super B, and then like 50 people on the one of our previous video are like, it's Super B, you fool. How are you, our car journalist? So, so we haven't stopped doing new cars. It's just that there's a bonus podcast, which Tommy and Brennan are doing, which is about classic cars, and it's mm. also on this on this same basic channel. So don't 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 get all upset. We're, we're still here. Yeah. That's just, you know, instead of doing one a week, now you get two a week, and if you don't want to listen... To new car stuff, listen to Tommy and Brendan, or vice versa, or listen to both of them. But oh. it's up to you. Yes, it's true. And for Wired Honda and Bronco John and all your other fake personalities <laughs> out there, by the way, we are glad you grew a spine and came back. Thank you so much. I'm kidding. There's this guy who's right. unsubscribed. We'll see you guys next time. Have a great week. Ciao.